It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. A steal now by Nico Sturm. He goes to the slot. Gregor shoots. He scores. Nico Sturm four checks aggressively. Gregor driving down the middle, had his stick down and in position. Accepted the pass, let the shot go, and the Sharks are up one nothing at 1:30 of period number one. Here come the Coyotes down the right. Schmaltz into the zone, shoots one. I think Thrun got a piece of that, deflected it wide, and the rebound is out of the zone. Henry Thrun looking so calm, making his way back to the bench on the change. A steal now. Here comes Criscolo as a breakaway, shoots, he scores! First NHL goal for the Harvard product, Kyle Criscolo. He steals the puck away from the Coyotes and had a clear lane right in. And a great geek and a great first National Hockey League goal. Sharks lead 3-0. Here come the Sharks out to center. 35 seconds left in their power play. Second unit on, McDonald feeds it with speeding Gregor across the line, check back. Now McDonald went it over, and a shot score! Daniel Gustin gets a pass from Eric Carlson, and that's another souvenir puck. Daniel Gustin gets his first NHL goal, and the Sharks are up 4-1. Yeah, uh, you know what, I think... Uh, I think just coming together as a group, right? Uh, you know, we all know the situation we're in, but uh, we're, we have a lot of pride in this room. Uh, we don't want to go out, uh, you know, on a losing streak like we were on there for a, for a good stretch. Uh, you know, guys are, are trying to, you know, earn jobs. Uh, you know, show they want to stay in this organization or show other teams that they want to stay in this league. Guys coming up in the lineup that are playing really well for us. So uh, I think, you know, just a, a lot of pride in this room to, to finish strong and, and uh, hopefully we can keep this streak going. Um, it was, listen, you feel really good for you players because it's been a tough year and, you know, to play the way we did and get reward on the score sheet is, uh, feels good. It feels really good. And obviously, you know, they played last night, tough situation. So, uh, we certainly understand that end of it, but we've been on the other side of it too. So, um, but I really just liked a lot of things that we did tonight. All right. Good morning, everyone. And what a win for the San Jose Sharks last night. I know there are some of you out there that are thinking to yourself, this win didn't help the Sharks. What are they doing? Why are they winning those games? For those of you that think that way, I'm not blaming you. I would just like you to go up to Logan Couture or Eric Carlson and tell them, what are you doing? You need a 17-year-old that's never done a thing in the NHL to come save you and your franchise. They're going to laugh at you and say, thanks, but I play to win. I mean, you really have to start thinking about what you're asking of professional athletes when you're going with this ideology of, hey, I need you to lose. I need you to not win any more games so that some kid can come and be the guy that fixes everything. So that not you are the solution, not anyone else, but that some kid is the one who's going to come in here and change everything. And I'm not against the idea of a Connor Bedard. I'm not against the idea 
of getting guys in the draft. Far from it. I just think this argument when people are angry about the Sharks winning, it's like, what do you expect them to do? Do you understand the levels of pride and the levels of com- compete that exist in a guy like Logan Couture or a Mario Ferraro or a Noah Gregor or an Eric Carlson or a Capo Kakinen? I mean, you are talking about guys that have gotten to the greatest league in the world. There are not players better than them and mass collected anywhere else on the planet. They fought their entire lives to establish a career at the highest of the highs. And the idea of asking them not to win, it's it's laughable. And I, I listen, again, I understand. But when people post about how they're angry with the Sharks for going out there and winning, I don't know, it makes me think that you need to spend some time around these guys and understand their paradigm. And I, it's not like I'm good friends with these guys. I'm just around them after the game. I feel the pain after losses. I feel the anger. I feel the frustration. I get to experience it firsthand. And I think that even if I was just watching it on TV, you don't have to be there in person after some of these losses because I've watched them on TV and not been there in person for the road games. But to see the anger coming through the screen from a Logan Couture, from a Mario Ferraro, from a Tomas Hurdle, you go down the list. These guys have all been furious. They've been frustrated. They've been totally just amazed at the results of the season that they've had. And that's why last night probably felt so good for those guys. They were, you know, they were, they were laughing. They were smiling. Noah Gregor, no shirt post-game interview. That's a cocky move. When you're walking out there and you're not wearing the shirt, that's usually when you've won and when you've had a good game. And congrats to Noah Gregor on his first ever NHL hat trick. There's a guy who has an elite skill. He is one of the best and fastest skaters in the NHL, bar none. And he is still working on his game. You can't expect him to go out there and do anything less. You can't expect him to go out there and give anything but his maximum effort. And that's what he did last night. And he's been fighting. He's been getting better as a player overall this year. His chances created have been very, very high. And maybe, just maybe, he's starting to turn a corner where he can get a little bit more of a break and catch the back of the net. You know, he's had goals taken away this year. He's hit the post. He's seen great saves made against him. And I'm not saying that Noah Gregor has to become an elite scorer, but I do think he is in, you know, the realm of a guy who can score between 16 and 24 in a year. Now, it might not happen right away, but I still think he's learning his game, and I think he's been in a very difficult situation this year, and, you know, he's getting better and better as the year has gone on. And he's taken his lumps from the coaching staff. He's been pulled out of games. He has been, you know, in... Uh, the position to do whatever is asked of him, whether it's on the kill. We've seen him out there a little bit, you know, the overtimes. You know, this is the type of guy who is willing to be coached, who is willing to be developed into a greater player. And when they go out there and they perform and they make good on what they've been taught all year long and they go out there and score a hat trick, I can't be angry about that. I can't be anything but happy about that. It's like Eric Carlson. He had a big game last night, four points. You know, he's within reaching distance of 100 points. Do you think that he is ultimately concerned with the best draft pick, or do you think he's concerned with trying to have the best possible season that he can have? And I know you might look at that as an individual goal, but they have talked about it as a group collectively that they want to get Eric Carlson to 100 points, that they want him to get to that century mark, to get him over the hump. That's the team coming together around something. Now, that is everybody trying to get together to do something as a team goal. They're not looking at that as an individual accomplishment because Eric Carlson 
knows that he doesn't get those points unless he's getting the right passes from his teammates, unless his teammates are doing something with the puck when when he gets it to them. That's something that comes together as everyone as a collective. And when you get, you know, a Chris Colo, when you get a Gushin out there scoring goals, when you get everybody out there having a really, really good night, you end up with a result like the one you had. And that's, again, something the Sharks have not had nearly often enough this year. Yes, is it too late to make a competitive impact in terms of where they're going to be when all is said and done? They don't make the playoffs with the win. You're right. It would have been nice to have more of these earlier in the year, but, you know, this is a team that was on the wrong end of the spectrum. Sometimes that pendulum swings against you, and there is not much that you can do. And I acknowledge that we saw that, you know, throughout the entirety of the season up until the last couple of games. They've won three in a row. But it's better late than never, as I have always been particularly concerned about the prospects about that losing mentality setting into your team. You do not want to be a team that is associated with losing more than anything else. You don't want that to permeate the collective consciousness of your group and define them for any longer than it has to. I hope this is by far the Sharks' worst season and that after this they start to climb back out of it and are a competitive team once again, even if there's another generational pick again next year. I would rather have the team putting down building blocks, laying the foundation, and working on becoming a better team overall. That might not be where you are, but that's definitely where I am, and I think that's definitely where the players are. They do not enjoy the prospect of losing any more than they have to. They want to be part of a better team. Mike Greer wants to create a better team. David Quinn wants to create a better team. These guys are all stuck in this terrible situation all year long that, yes, they themselves all had a hand in creating, but they're also having a hand in getting themselves out of it. And, you know, you get a Chris Colo and a Gushin getting their chances and showing that they can contribute. And, yes, I understand that Arizona was on the second night of a back-to-back, but this is what you got to do in the NHL to win. I mean, this is what you have to do to take advantage of a situation. When opportunity presents itself, you've got to be there to strike. And far too often earlier this year, the Sharks were not able to take advantage of these situations when they did go against teams on the second night of a back-to-back. They did not have the life. They did not have the compete. They did not have whatever they needed to get themselves a win in those games. In this game, they actually did. In this game, they had the drive. They had the finish. They had everything going to go out there and get a win. And yes, Eric Carlson racking up points, a hat trick from Noah Greger. You had 10 guys out there contributing in terms of points. Carlson had four. Gregor had three. Couture had two. Sturm had two. Hurdle had one. LeBanc had one. Criscolo had one. Peterson won. McDonald won. Gushin won. I mean, that is, you know, top-line guys, depth guys, young guys that are getting called up. That is how you win a hockey game in the NHL. And yeah, you think, well, of course, Ted, if 10 guys are scoring points, then you're going to win that game. But that's the point. If we go back to, you know, when the Sharks were a very, very good franchise, you would see the point distributions go across the squad the same way. Now, granted, they were in a different place. They didn't have as many young players and or um, prospects coming up, but you would see contributions across the board. And that's exactly what you need to be a successful team in the NHL. You need to be getting those contributions from everyone. That's how you go about winning. And then you look at the other end of the ice. You've got Capo Kakinen, who still wants to prove that he can be part of this franchise going forward and has had some up and down points this year. And listen, I don't point entirely to the goalies. Goals that are given up are a collective of what happens with the harmony between the defense 
and the goalie. And, you know, sometimes this year the defense has not been great in front of Kakinen. It's not been great in front of Reimer. But last night, he saw 31 shots. You know, he only let two get past. 29 saves, a 935 save percentage on the night. I'm going to take that game any night of the week for my goalie. I mean, that's just the type of game that I want them to have. The Coyotes scored in the first period, and they scored in the third period. I'll take it. You know, the Sharks were up 3 nothing before Arizona got on the board. And there have been many other times this season that the Sharks have not been able to take that momentum with them, where they've jumped out to an early lead only to let the opposition come storming back. Look no further than, what, the fourth game of the year, the Sharks go up 2-0 and give up five consecutive goals to Chicago? Yeah, we've seen it happen. But instead, the Sharks gave themselves a 3-0 lead. And then as soon as Arizona scored, you know, they were able to just add on you know, another goal in the second period, just one, and then the third. It was Gregor, Couture, Gregor, 7-1. Yeah, it was another one from Arizona before all was said and done, but boom, boom, boom. They were able to add on three more in the third period to just put it out of reach. Noah Gregor gets the hat trick. Eric Carlson racking up points left and right. It's exactly what you want to see from a team like the Sharks. Because if it was all quit, if it was all lack of competition, if it was all the you know sliding into the last place finish, I don't know how good the team's mentality would be even if you do get rewarded with the Connor Bedard. And if I am being honest, which I usually am with you, I give you my full thoughts, I never thought this year that the Sharks were in the conversation as being the worst team in the NHL. Now, they could lose to anybody on any given night, but they were also very competitive with many of the other top-tier upper echelon teams they were going against, had a terrible overtime record, and were in a number of games only to suffer a number of of heartbreaking losses. And one of the best ways to look at that was goal differential, which until, you know, the most recent spell where the Sharks have had more blowouts, um, you know, before that, they were nowhere near some of the other lower-tier teams in the NHL, which, again, that's that's one metric to pay attention to. It doesn't mean everything, but it was one that I was paying attention to. So, you know, that's, that's where I land on everything, is that the Sharks were always a little bit better than they were playing, that they were not in the conversation for being the worst team in the NHL. I wasn't going to complain if they ended up with the number one overall pick. Um, But, you know, right now, they seem to be finally getting a little bit of a good feeling about themselves. And I bet all of them are itching to get ready for next year. If you didn't hear what my interview with uh, Mario Ferraro in the previous episode of Morning Time, go back and listen to it. Or if you didn't hear the quote that I used from Logan Couture asking about the future, go back and listen to that. Because all these guys are itching to get a new opportunity next year to make good on the things they did wrong this year. And that's what I want to see from a team. I want them excited about the future, for revenge about what went wrong this year, to make themselves a better team, a better position, a better overall you know, unit to go out there and make good on what went wrong this year. They're excited for the future for a number of reasons. And yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that a William Eklund got hurt, but I guarantee he can't wait to get back out there. And I guarantee that all these guys want to get back to a point where they can win games consistently like they've done in the last three over the course of the entirety of the season. I mean, this three-game win streak ties the best that the Sharks have had since the four-game win streak to start off the 2021-2022 season. It's been a tough go for this franchise, no doubt about it. But even if it's late, even if it is relatively meaningless, I do think the fact that we are seeing this fight, this drive, this desire from the team to go out there and win, even at this point, 
That to me has a collective energy that can be taken into the future. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some post-game reaction. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Now Balamaki in the offensive zone, hit by LeBanc, but LeBanc went down. Balamaki pokes behind the net. Payton sends it to the middle of the slot. Batted down legally by Keller, but he couldn't control it. Sharks have a two-on-one again. It's Gregor down the right. Shoot, star! Gregor looked at Nico Sturm, but he has not been thinking about passing at all tonight. He's thinking about shooting. And Noah Gregor, with a rocket of a wrist shot, took the look and snapped it in for his second goal of the game, seventh of the year. It's the Sharks five and the Coyotes one. Five and a half remaining in the third. Goaltender Pro Svetov was checked there by Hurdle and almost gave it away. It came around the boards and back to center ice. And there's Eric Carlson with it. Nice pass on the left, LeBanc. Moves across the line, behind the back pass for Gregor. He's got two goals. He walks in, he shoots, he scores! The hat trick for Noah Gregor! And the Sharks are up 7-1! Yeah, uh, we've been clicking pretty good, I think. Uh, Obviously, those two guys are uh, veteran guys in this league. They know how to play the right way. Uh, Sturmey's a super hard worker. He's good on face-offs. He's good in the defensive zone. And and LeBanc is uh, a playmaker. He's he's good in the offensive zone. He's been playing hard, too. And uh, we've been able to find some chemistry, so it's nice. Well, they all give you a little bit of something different, you know, and I think they've kind of learned to start to play off each other and it takes a little time to form some chemistry, and that's what they're doing. And, you know, Greg has had a good stretch here over the last few months and just happy, again, happy for him to get rewarded statistically. Pretty cool to get a hat trick in the National Hockey League. Noah Gregor's hat trick goal, a little bit of a comment on the game from Gregor himself and head coach David Quinn. Bringing us back in on a Sunday morning on morning side, and uh, wanted to get into more of this post game reaction. First, just Gregor talking about his overall game and being pretty modest. Sometimes you get hot, uh, things go in for you, so I think uh, that's kind of what happened tonight. And yes, that is the ultimate modest take from Noah Gregor, just to say that he got hot and he will play some more of these cuts and he alluded to getting lucky. But I could also make the argument that throughout the season, Noah Gregor has been on the wrong end of a lot of that luck. Like too many times in last year as well, we've seen him hit the post. We have seen him just see, you know, amazing saves made against him where he's not been able to find the back of the net. And yes, he keeps on taking shots. He keeps on creating opportunities. In terms of chances created, Noah Gregor has been quite excellent. In terms of his ability to make things happen out there on the ice, he continues to get better. And I hope he does get another contract with the San Jose Sharks because I think there is more to his game and we saw you know a taste of that last night one of my favorite quotes from David Quinn this year and he's applied this to you know whether or not it's the draft lottery or whether or not it's players he says that if you do things the right way you tend to be rewarded and I think that that goes to his team I think that goes to his entire viewpoint I think that goes to everything and I think that's a huge part 
of what he is trying to get done. I, I think that he actually does believe that if his team does things the right way, then the reward will come in some form of another. And he's been trying to get Noah Gregor to do, quote-unquote, the right thing. That's why he kept him out of the lineup for a bit. He was trying to learn about his game. Same thing with Kevin LeBanc. They, you know, These guys sat out for extended periods compared to what we saw with Pete DeBoer or what we saw with Bob Bugner. Now, all of them, or if we look at LeBanc, did a game or two and then would have him back out there. But David Quinn sat him down for a while. You know, same thing with Noah Gregor. David Quinn sat him down for a while. He wanted to get it through to him. This whole idea of keeping guys out of the lineup and really delivering that message, not just in one game, but over an extended period of time, that is something that it's hard for players to accept, but... I think you can make the argument with the San Jose Sharks right now and the way you've been seeing the improved play from a Noah Gregor and from a Kevin LeBanc that it's having an effect. And I'm not going to get into a you know semantic argument about what tough love is or isn't, but David Quinn is essentially asking more of his players. He is asking them to turn into better players. And, you know, you get nice goals from Kevin LeBanc as of late. You get nice goals and good performances from Noah Gregor. You know, they're not going to go out there and say, well, yeah, it's because I was sat down. But at the same time, they're not going out there and saying, yeah, I told him so or anything like that. No, they're going out there and doing their job and playing to the level that they were asked to play. Yeah, it's it's fun for our organization. And, you know, it's certainly, uh, you know, this time of year, you're looking for hope and you're looking for some positives. And, you know, it's really good to see these guys come up and play well. I think it makes not only the coaching staff and the organization feel good, but makes the veterans that are here feel good. Watch these guys, young guys come up here and do well. And whether it's a Gushin or where, whether previously it was an Eklund or whether it is a relatively younger guy like Noah Gregor, it's like you want to see these young guys come up and have high-quality games. You know, Thomas Bordelow was out there for almost 20 minutes last night. He has played in two games this year, and the Sharks have been able to win both of those games that he was out there for. Henry Thrun played in two games now. The Sharks have won both those games. Now, I'm not giving them credit for the win. I'm just saying they've been out there as the team was able to get a win. You look at, again, Daniil Gushin last night. He was able to score a goal. He was able to contribute. He was part of a Sharks win. He's one for one in the games that he has played. And I'm not saying that, again, these guys deserve all the credit or they are the reason why that they, they are winning these games. But you do look for the correlation. You do look at the fact that these young guys are going out there and putting in the energy that you want to see that you think you will need to get wins next year in the NHL. And it's it's encouraging. And you heard, you know, David Quinn use the term fun. You know, that's something that's been entirely lacking for the majority of the Sharks season. They have not been able to get the big wins. They have not been able to have the big moments. There's not been a lot to smile about this year. There's been more frustration than there has been anything else. And when you do see these players come out and perform as you would hope they would be able to perform if they're going to be part of the future of the franchise, then you're feeling great about that. You are looking at this as an example of, yes, what we are doing from the top down is allowing players to have development, to have growth, that the way we're rating guys, the way our prospects are working out, that we have the ability to take talent and get them to contribute at the NHL level. Now, Obviously, you want more of these guys than just contributions. You want them to be impact players. You want them to be game breakers. You want them to all be guys who can change the dynamic of the franchise. But step one is seeing whether or not they can perform at the NHL level. And so far, when you look at a Thrun, when you look at a Bordelow, when you look through one game for a Gushin, you at least feel good about that. And again, small sample size. 
we got to see Bordalo at the end of last year, and we're getting to see him again at the end of this year. And, I, you know, I think that he's looking like an NHL caliber player. But mostly, you're not looking at what a guy like a Bordalo or Gushin is doing right now and say, no, great, he's NHL level. You're hopefully arming them with the knowledge for this offseason to say, yes, you were able to perform at an NHL level when you were plugged in. However, this is what we need you to do in the upcoming offseason to take your game to the next level, to be capable of contributing uh, you know, on a consistent basis as opposed to just you know, games here and there and being plugged in late in the year and playing in you know, games that don't matter because it's a lot different when you're going to be in a tight battle either this year or the year after or the year after that. I, I can't tell you what the Sharks' timeline is, but I do know that you've got to maximize the time that's happening right now because, again, you can't rate your game unless you put yourself against the highest of the highs that we've seen as the standard in the NHL. Like, yeah, you can have a good game, but what does it look like game after game? What happens when the league adjusts to you? Are you able to adjust back? That's what I am waiting to see from a lot of these young guys. But again, part of that is, like I alluded to, being armed with the knowledge of what they need to do to their games to improve heading into the offseason so they can give themselves a good chance of maybe breaking camp with the team next year and being part of that next generation. This is what Quinn had to say about Gushin. I, I've always liked him since the day I saw him. I mean, plays with a good pace. That's a big-time NHL shot that he scored his goal on. He's around it. He can make plays. He's got poise. He has confidence. And he's got a little uh, tenacity to him. So, you know, I liked his game. And again, I'm sure that's got to make Gushin feel good to be getting that praise from his coach at this point and being able to get there and score his first goal. I mean, that's that's definitely a pretty cool thing. And speaking of that being a night of firsts, for Noah Gregor, it was his first hat trick. For Daniil Gushin, it was his first goal. For Chris Golo, it was his first goal. And for Nico Sturm, it was his 200th game. So that's a lot of feel-good energy in one night for the San Jose Sharks. And again, there have not been enough feel-good moments this year, and that's one that I definitely appreciated just watching all of those guys have this memorable night in what has been a forgettable year. You need to be rewarded. I've talked about this a lot. You need to have something to point to and say, okay, all my effort, all my pain, all the blood, sweat, and tears, did it turn into something? And while the ultimate record of the season is not something that they're going to be happy about, at least they can point to this one night and say, hey, it all worked out that time. And hopefully you get a taste of that, you get the good feeling, and yeah, you start to build upon it. You start to get a little bit of that momentum and that's something that Eric Carlson knows a lot about, as we saw him last night have just another remarkable game. I saw this tweet from Sheng Peng. He said, how crazy a season is Carlson having? Tonight is his fifth four-point game of the season. He had five four-point games in his career coming into this season. So yes, this is obviously a career year for Eric Carlson. He is up to 95 points now, and that century mark is within shouting distance and I know that we've talked about it ad nauseum but it's hard to get over the type of season that Eric Carlson has been having and I hope that he will continue to have seasons like this for the Sharks going forward and hopefully he has discovered a new aspect of his game and something that he can take with him going forward because uh, he has been amazing uh, again I I had hoped that Eric Carlson would get back to this level because he was one of my favorite guys in the NHL before he was a San Jose Shark. Just loved watching his game, watching him skate, the things he would do, just phenomenal. And I was you know, stoked when he came to the Sharks, and I thought that he was judged very, very harshly from the get-go, even though you know you look at the playoffs when he's out there playing injured and 
you know, having the highest point production to the team. That, I mean, that was something that I thought was awesome, and injuries have beset him along the way. No, no doubt about him. But, you know, he's doing it right now, and that to me is what matters because it would have been easy for a superstar to just kind of, you know, back off a little bit in a meaningless season, and instead he's getting better and better and better. This is what David Quinn had to say. He had it. Yeah. He had it tonight. And, uh, you know, probably could have had a few more. Could have had a few the other night too. It's just he keeps making plays like he's been doing all year long. And as we've talked about, uh, to me, it's really not even a conversation when it comes to who wins an Norris Trophy when you've had the season he's had statistically. I mean, there's really not an argument in my mind. And I know that some people might have an argument, but he's just he's continuing to have these massive impactful nights on a bad, bad team. I think that, you know, that has to be taken into consideration what he's been able to do, what he's been able to produce. It is, it's phenomenal. We're watching one of the great seasons that a a defenseman has had in the NHL. And I know you can say, well, if he doesn't get 110 points, then it's not in the top 10 of all time. It's like, well, is that the standard? Do you have to have one of the 10 greatest seasons for it to be an all time season? Like, no, you get to hundred points. We're talking about, you know, some of the best of all time for a defenseman, and that makes it that much more fun to watch. More from Quinn on Carlson. Yeah, I didn't think he needed a a closing argument, but it never hurts to get four points and get even so close to to 100 points. I mean, it's uh, it's a hell of a year. And when you've uh, separated yourself that much from the rest of the field, it's uh, to me, it really puts it in a different perspective. And we touched on the plus minus stuff, but like I said, he's been on the ice for 20 empty net goals. So that can add up. And, uh, you know, he's really had a phenomenal season. Yeah, there's really no other way to classify it. He's had a phenomenal season in the midst of what has been a terrible year for the San Jose Sharks. And I don't say that to be inflammatory, but it's like you look at the record. You look at last night as being one of the rare feel good nights of the season. Hopefully that's something that is over and done with very, very quickly for this team and they are able to bounce back and be part of the conversation in short order. And when you watch efforts like last night, when you watch the way they've been able to play as of late, yeah, I know that you can have the reaction of dead cat bounce, but I don't choose to see it that way. I choose to see a little bit of the rectification, the regression from the mean, the goals, the wins that should have come earlier in the year. And while it's not going to change the end result... At the very least, in the short term, it makes you feel good. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will be back with you on Tuesday afternoon as we get ready for Colorado. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.